0: everybody, and welcome to episode 364 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with Kathy. Kathy lives in Acton, which is in Ontario, Canada, and she is an ICU nurse who now works as a director in a hospital. Welcome, Kathy.
1: Thanks, Jen. I'm so excited to be here.
0: Well, I'm so glad to talk to you. And you know, I like to start by asking, what brought you to intermittent fasting and when was that?
1: Well, like many people on the podcast, I'm going to go way back to the very beginning. Um, And I think I draw a lot of conclusions from childhood and adolescence Mm -hmm. that brought me to where I needed to change things. I was one of those skinny scrawny kids. I look back on pictures, I was always really pale and tiny. Um, But one thing I look back on now, and I think, you know, I think this makes sense to me is that I didn't like soda pop. I didn't like sweet things. And, and as much as, you know, in my family, we baked and we made some really amazing desserts. I was one of those kids that kind of was like, I don't like it. And when they would say, well, why don't you like it? I'd say, I don't know. I, I, I can't I can't explain it. But I grew up in an amazing household. I had really supportive parents. But the one thing I found neat was they were of the generation where you don't snack between meals. You right. ate breakfast, you ate lunch, and then you came home from school and you didn't spoil your dinner. You know, we soldiered on to wait for when daddy came home and we would eat dinner together as a family. And so I think I know now that that was so important. And it wasn't until I became a teenager where I started to have more control over, well, there's no one here to tell me, you know, not to snack while I'm going to snack because why not? It's here. And that's about the time when things started to change. Puberty, I think in my life, that's where insulin resistance started to develop. Mm -hmm. And there was this beast inside of me that was saying, you're hungry. You're hungry. You're always hungry. Keep eating. Keep having some more. And my weight started to go up when I was about 13, 14, but I will say I was in one of those families where weight's very important and and I, I started to feel that people were pointing it out to me. Oh, you're looking a little chubby these days. And that hurt. Like that was just, yeah. oh, wow. Okay. So, you know, I think throughout my teenage years I was cautious. I was careful. But I knew there was something in there that was that was making me different from other people. I was not athletic. I did not enjoy moving. I did not enjoy, people would say, oh, that high you get from going to the gym. And I was like, Okay, I just feel rotten at the gym. I don't like, I, I just, don't get the high either. I, I just hated it. <laughs> the
0: runners high. I'm like, no, I'm like the runner's what low. I don't I don't, no. I don't I don't feel it either.
1: Mm. Yeah. So I was more of a choir girl and theater and things like that. And and you know, I did I did swim, but it was just like every lap was like, Okay, this is just painful. This is just not feeling good. It was hard. It was really, really hard.
0: And then when I had yeah. my DNA analyzed and it showed that I was not likely to do endurance things, that my body was better suited for gentle things, I'm like, There you go. Uh, it makes more
1: sense. Uh, yeah, yeah, it does make sense. So, you know, fast forward a little bit until I went away to, to university and become a nurse. And that's where something really bizarre happened, where I gained weight. And we talk about freshman 15. Huh. No, I gained freshman 50. Wow. Yeah. And no... I can't even really explain it. Like, yes, I had control over my meals and yes, I was able to eat what I wanted, but that didn't make sense. That's
0: a lot. That is a
1: whole lot to gain in one year. Oh, it was nuts. And and I, you know, I met my husband that year when I, you know, at the beginning, and then just like, holy cow, gained all this weight. And I mean, you know, nobody really I think everyone was just too polite to say what's going on. And Mm -hmm. I went home and of course my parents were just like, Wow. But I think at that point they were just nobody wanted to dive in and say, there's something going on here. This is not just freshman 15. This is not just somebody eating a little too much. But
0: Well, you know, it would be, think about like the whole model of calories in, calories out. How many like, you know, quote, extra calories that would have to be, you would uh have to be eating a whole lot of and, and I can't imagine that you were like really no. like force feeding yourself that no. much food. Something switched, something yeah. changed in your body. Yeah, 100%. Yeah,
1: there was just something. And, and, you know, and I did, I did go to a doctor and, you know, they were all kind of, oh, maybe it's thyroid, maybe it's this. Mm-hmm. And they actually put me on thyroid replacement, but yet the blood tests weren't really showing it. But they were just kind of like, we'll just throw whatever at you and of course i get the speech about calories in calories out and you know go on a diet and you need to try something and i mean the university lifestyle is really tough for anything whether i do remember reading about weight watchers and reading about some quick fixes and, and it just it just wasn't the time or place to do that but my weight kept going up and i will say you know after i graduated i got married started to think about a family that was my first you know, actually going to a gynecologist, going to someone and, you know, their first, they look at me and they say, at that time I was about 210, 220 and I'm five foot eight. So I'm tall to begin with, but that's still too much. And their first, they look at me and say, well, you need to lose weight.
2: Mm.
1: No guidance. No, no, no. You know, maybe there's a reason. Maybe there's something, I don't know. They were just, you just need to lose weight. Like,
0: and you're like, what? I never thought of that.
1: Oh, right. Oh, yeah, thank no you. one's ever said that. And, no. and you know, I've, I've, I've looked into things and I, you know, I'm trying, but man, I am hungry all the time. So that was about the time when, you know, like I said, looking into having kids and, and that was the first time anybody mentioned PCOS. Uh So polycystic ovarian syndrome. I know you've talked about it with other,
0: it's been a while, but yeah.
1: Yeah. So what was crazy about that time? And this was like sort of the end of the nineties was, I think we knew what it was, we knew it because on an ultrasound, it would show a string of pearls around your ovary and they would diagnose it that way. And they would say, you know, you've got this. I don't know that they knew that it was a syndrome. I don't think they knew it had other things associated or was caused by other things. I think it was just, this is what we see. And it's probably going to be a problem for fertility. And, you know, so we have mm-hmm. some treatments for fertility. And when you want to have a baby, we're going to do this. And so it was like, well, yeah, then I think, I want, you know, we're, we would like to have a baby. So let's do that. So fortunately, I was a really lucky person and and the treatments worked. I have three beautiful children, so I can say I'm one of the the happy stories. But of course, treatment for fertility certainly doesn't address the issue and doesn't address your weight and doesn't address all of the things going on in your body that the syndrome is causing. And so after you have children, oh, and, and of course, I was gestational diabetic during my pregnancies. So I go to this special clinic and they're saying, lose weight, lose weight lose weight. We don't know how. We don't know what to tell you that's going to help you. But you know, you really need to lose weight because if you don't, you're going to get diabetes later in life. And it's like, well, that's a really helpful thing to tell me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And I remember back, you talked about this was the end of the 90s when they found that. I had never heard anyone say PCOS Mm -mm. in any form until the 20 teens. Honestly, Mm -hmm. I'd never heard of it. Never heard of it as a woman. And Obviously it wasn't brand new, but it felt like it was brand new. It came out of nowhere. And the whole understanding of it being related to insulin resistance mm-hmm. and rapid weight gain. And mm-hmm. I bet you had abdominal obesity. Mm-hmm. And you know, one of my one of my family members, someone that's related to me, is young, newly married. Struggling, struggling a little bit with her weight. Mm-hmm. Just found out she has PCOS, and luckily I was able to talk to her about it. I sent her down some roads with some resources because we know a lot more about it now. But that really explains that freshman fifty when uh-huh. you understand what happened to you then, and and the whole idea that it wasn't just because you were eating more; your body was doing something new mm-hmm. with, with the insulin resistance. And I also go back in time to the whole when you were little and you didn't like sweets. Mm-hmm. I wonder if like me. I didn't either. And I felt a little weird and shaky from the sweets. And so I just knew that "Hmm, my body doesn't really like that. But then I also had you know, the abdominal obesity, gaining a lot of weight. So something about our our super sensitive
1: bodies means we were more likely to pack on the weight. Absolutely. Yeah. So I can then take my journey a little further. I was definitely overweight when my children were little. Of course, I'm chasing Mm -hmm. three kids around. And I, I always kept saying to myself, I'm going to do something about this later when I can, like when I not focus so much on my kids. And yes, I tried Weight Watchers. Yes, I tried HCG. Yes, I tried. Oh my goodness. All the, the list that you're very familiar with. Right. I would try them in fits and starts and nothing ever really worked unless it was to the point of starvation. Like I remember HCG, the diet that went along with that, like it was you awful. Know, your, your little piece of chicken and your, I was just, okay, It's <laughs> yeah. embarrassing because I try to live with my family and go to events and things and you had your little prescribed amount to eat and it was just not sustainable.
0: And none of those is going to solve the root cause no. of PCOS, which is Absolutely. really the root cause of why your body
1: is malfunctioning. A hundred percent. And and again, I kept going back to doctors and I would always remind them about this, but like you say, in, in the twenties, it was like, it. nobody knew. They, they mm-hmm. knew anatomically what it was, but they had no idea the syndrome. And so I just kept saying, you know, Is there anything special for people like me that that we can do differently and no no they talked about metformin and i was like no i don't think so i i've read too much about this no thank goodness that i just said no to a lot of that anyway that said i got to march of 2019 and that was a point where I'm not sure what clicked, but I just knew it was time. I had to Mm -hmm. try something. And my journey is probably one that you're going to hear a little bit more that I didn't find intermittent fasting at that moment in time, but, but I started with a, I'll I'll say keto. Um, I don't always use that word, but it, it was a very healthy keto in that I brought my carbohydrates down. I brought my healthy fats up and I was tracking. So I was using an app so that I knew that my, you know, that I was eating the right amount of macros. And I think that was just about the amount that I could handle for a while. It wasn't sustainable, but it was okay. Let's just get me on a track where I'm thinking about it, thinking about what I'm eating at every single meal. And I think for me, cutting out the carbohydrates really, really made an impact because Mm -hmm. the weight loss was dramatic. It was, it was like fast, furious, but on a really good curve. And I enjoyed that way of eating. I, I have to say that taking carbs out wasn't a huge problem for me. It was easy and and I think by increasing healthy fats, I was satiated. Mm-hmm. I felt good every day and the amazing change was like my energy level whole like oh wow, okay now I actually want to go for a walk at the end of a work day. I want to get out there and see the world and do things. so it, it was huge and and like I said, very dramatic. I started to lose weight quickly and felt really really good. So, I did that for a year. And in that year, I just look back on my app today. I went from 235 pounds to 157. Wow. So, that was massive. Yeah.
0: And that was just from the keto, you know, keto. less your carbs, upped your yeah. healthy fats. So, I imagine you were probably also eating a lot of vegetables. Absolutely. Fit in with that. Yeah. Yeah. A healthy version of keto, not like the one of- that we were no. doing in like 2014. That we were no, like, it wasn't. I'm the- going to make cheese crust pizza. The crust no. is made of cheese and it's I'm going to put cheese on. Yeah.
1: <laughs> no it wasn't the drippy thing the oils, no. you know that you no. see on the, uh, no it was yeah. it was a very healthy keto and in fact people all around me noticed and were they were really proud of me and like oh wow you are eating differently but like there wasn't that criticism that you hear about the word keto it was right. like yeah she's doing something different but it was you it weren't was adding awesome. like oil to
0: your coffee no. and eating no. sticks of butter and no. all of that no no yeah.
1: I would say According to my, my tracker, if I was low on fat for the day, yeah, I would add, you know, sometimes a little bit of MCT or sometimes, you know, some higher fat things, but they were avocados and they right. were, you know, those anything, I, nuts and things that I could bring up the fat because I did, I found the difference when you had enough fat for the day, you felt full and that was a feeling I had not had my whole life. So <laughs> feeling full was was huge and, and really great. I found intermittent fasting a long way to get to the end of the story. And I think you're going to find a lot of people like me that we didn't find it originally, Mm -hmm. but where we found it was when we needed it because I I did keto for that year and I, and I'm looking now and it was another two years of that where I maintained, but summer happened and it was the summer of 2022 and my brother came to visit from Australia. I hadn't seen him in a long time we had a really awesome summer and I kept saying to myself, oh, I might get a little off track and I'm just going to introduce a few more carbs and it won't be bad. And we'll just see how it goes. And, you know, so a few tortilla chips here and certainly a little bit more alcohol than usual. Oh, wow. Okay. So that summer I started to gain very, very quickly and it, it was only a matter of two months, but it was just like, wow. no, clearly my body knows I can't do this. But I also was really soul searching. And I'm like, do I want to eat this way the rest of my life? I certainly want to maintain the progress that I made, Mm -hmm. but I'm not sure I can keep doing this. And it was really about the tracking, right? Mm -hmm. It was, do I need to put this into my phone every minute I open my mouth? It's hard. So that was the point. And and I'll say it was, it was about Labor Day because my brother went home. I said to myself, okay, I need to go back to keto. I need to go back to what I was doing before. But then I was like, no, I, is there anything else out there? And that's, you know, Google search and your name came up. I'm not sure if I was looking for intermittent fasting. I had done a little bit of reading. Certainly I had, I had read Dr. Fung and mm-hmm. here I live close to Toronto. So Megan Ramos and Nadia Pataguana, she had done a lot of work on PCOS. I've read her book. Right. And so that probably got the intermittent fasting word. Planted that brain. Yeah. yeah. And I thought, okay, so I'd read all about them and I thought, I think I'm going to try this, but Luckily, at the same time, I found you because I didn't have to go through the crutch, as they call it. So the the, it's not quite a clean fast if you if you have broth and you have, you know, a few little extra things, because I learned how to clean fast right from the beginning from you. I'm glad that makes such a difference. Yeah. I listened to enough of your podcasts. I got really addicted to them. I was listening to them every single day on my way to work. And if you didn't say it a hundred times, it was clean, fast, clean, fast. And your listeners, you would say, oh, don't make the mistake that I made, which was Mm -hmm. not clean fasting. So that was really lucky for me. I'm so, so glad I did that. I'm not a coffee drinker, so I didn't have to go through the coffee, taking cream out. I'm a, I'm a black tea drinker. I've been drinking black tea since the beginning of time. So that was easy for me. And so, yeah, black tea and water is my breakfast. And love it. Yeah. So I started that and it was all about, for me, it was a new beginning. It was, it was my new year, which is after Labor Day. So when the kids go back to school, that's when you take stock and everything and say, all right, it's the new year now. So I started in basically in, in September of 2022, which is just over a year ago now. Yeah. Cause we're recording this just,
0: uh, is your Labor Day the same as our Labor Day?
1: Yeah. Usually it, it's usually the first Monday of September. Okay,
0: I wasn't sure because I know not everything is the same in Canada. Like y'all have a different Thanksgiving, but similar similar Labor Days. But it really is. We were talking before we got started. It is very much like a quote New Year. You know, it's like a new beginning. The summer's over, fresh start, and it's a really good time to begin fasting. Of course, by the time your episode comes out, it's going to be end of November, and we got another kind of New Year coming up.
1: Yeah,
0: I would tell people not to wait till January to begin.
1: No, no, again today. Yeah, start today. <laughs> Wake up in the morning and just say, I'm going to fast. Start right now. And then and then have it doesn't Monday.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Don't wait till Monday. Don't wait till January. But so you just, you were ready to go. And I, I do think both the low carb and the intermittent fasting community work really well together with, with p- things like PCOS and the, the insulin resistance. And
1: Absolutely.
0: Yeah. It, it's it's a good one-two punch because I did. I sent my my family member that was struggling with it. I, I said, these are some books for you to read. Here's a podcast episode I want you to listen to. It was the one I did with Dr. Cecily Ganhart. Did you hear mm-hmm. that one? I did, OBTYN yes. with PCOS. I did that one really early on. Yeah. But you know, she she treats PCOS with her patients with a combination of intermittent fasting and low-carb eating. And she also yeah. treated herself with that same Issue, you know, with you know, her fertility was a struggle, and then she introduced both of those and, and fixed it. So it's a powerful combination,
1: absolutely. And this is, I mean, what actually triggered me to to reach out to you to ask do a podcast is for those women with PCOS because, yeah, first of all, if my message isn't loud and clear, if you know someone or your daughter or anyone you know gains fifty pounds in the first year of university make the suggestion. And, and now we know so much more about PCOS. We can, we can target these girls and help them, but you're absolutely right. The one, two punch of low carb and intermittent fasting is huge. And I think allowing your body to go for longer periods without eating and the autophagy and everything that Mm -hmm. goes along with it, it's life-changing. It is, you have to get the insulin resistance under control. And I think that's what I noticed so quickly, even with just keto, it helped but the combination, so mm-hmm. what happened to me in September of last year was that beautiful combination of the autophagy, the 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 time period without eating, the taking any kind of snacks out of the world. And I think that's what I was still doing with keto is, you know, the, all of the commercialization of keto is, oh, have this little snack and have this fat bomb and, and this, yeah. you know, all these little things you buy from the store that are labeled keto that actually – have are not and yeah. they're really not. So for those of you out there doing keto, if it's working for you, great. But if you're looking for a little bit more, take the snacks away. Mm-hmm. Like they're, they're just not. Don't, don't buy any them. keto products. No. Real no. food. Like,
0: I, honestly, if you look at all the quote diets, I'm putting that mm-hmm. in quotation marks because we all eat, you know, whatever we eat is our diet. But if you look at all the diets, whether it's plant-based, vegan, keto, low-carb, whatever it is, when they start putting the products out, like in the low-fat era of the 90s, you know, I've I've talked about this before. I went back and reread the T-Factor diet years later. And it was not, he didn't say eat snack wells and SpaghettiOs and get your fat grams down to zero. He said, eat real food. Yeah. And every one of these ways of eating, whether it's the old low-fat or keto or plant-based it's the real food that will heal your body, not these junky processed versions of whatever it is that's the, the trend of the day. Because right now you can find plant-based everything. It's really funny. Yes. Plant-based is apparently a big popular trend right now. But it's plant-based garbage, just like there's keto mm-hmm. garbage, and we don't want to yep. include those things.
1: Yeah, no, it's so true. And I like I said the big change I made was was taking out the snacks and and replacing them with meals. And yeah. you know, when it, when my eating window opens, I have some pretty fantastic meals. One thing I did learn from I think it was Dr. Fung's group, so Nadia Padiguana, she's a big fan of plating your food. So, yes. If it's time to eat. You sit down, you put what you want to eat onto the plate and you put away the rest and you eat that meal. And for me, I find I've always eaten very quickly. I Mm -hmm. shovel it in because i'm so hungry and then i just look for the next what else can i have what else can i have and i probably don't even give my body a chance to tell me that i'm full and i'm still eating so that's something it's it's i'm still working on that but certainly advice to anyone is that plating concept but slow down give yourself some time to to feel that your hunger is being satiated and then to stop.
0: I think that's a really, really good strategy. And as you said, she says, plate your food versus eating it out of a package. Mm-hmm. You know, If I'm going to have, let's say, hummus and carrots to open my window, if I sit down with the open container of hummus, I can eat the whole thing. Yep. That's like one serving size. I ate the whole thing of hummus. Before I registered, I'd had enough versus if I scooped some out on a plate, mm-hmm. put the carrots on the plate, sit down with it, eat it, I've put the hummus away, I'm less likely to venture back over there and get out a second helping. Am, am I lazy? I don't know, maybe. But you need to let your body register the fullness before you you go back yeah. for more.
1: I actually, funny at the grocery store, I'll look at things like cottage cheese and yogurt. And I know it's, it's so much cheaper to buy it in a big container. But for me, right. it's way better to buy it individual. Because if I'm going to take it to work or I'm going to take it anywhere... It's just like you say. I could eat the whole thing if it's in a oh, yeah. tub, but if it's yeah. in a small portion size, I know I'm going to run out, and that's that's a great thing for me. So that's what
0: I did with ice cream when I would the, the little individual serving sizes of ice cream were so helpful because if I buy a big thing of ice cream, I'm going to eat a lot more ice cream, and that that's just those are just really smart strategies for people like you and like me, who tend to overeat just because our satiety signals take a while to register. That's normal
1: Mm -hmm, for
0: mm -hmm, that to happen. So it's a really good strategy. So you started off, how did you start with with the fasting? What was your initial regimen? Because I I know the the fun group, they're big into the alternate daily fasting. Did you start with that or what did you start with? They are,
1: yeah. So I will say, I learned a few things that, you know, I thought when I first listened or I was reading and I was doing um, on audible, I wanted to go full on alternate day fasting, but man, that was hard. It it was so hard to go a whole day without eating. So I think that's where I was, I was combining listening to what you had to say. And I thought, okay, I can easily cut out breakfast. I know I'm very good at that. And I can even delay lunch a little as well. So if I have, you know, similar to what I've heard a lot of the podcasters say, if you just sort of have that snack just to open your window and then a a really healthy dinner. And I like to do that with my kids, with my family. And and so when I get home from work, I, I typically will have a dinner. And sometimes if I'm still hungry, I might need, you know, one more snack before I just say that's enough. And that's how it began. But I will say, I started to notice the changes very quickly that I, the, the hunger was starting to decrease and I wasn't anxious for that snack anymore. And in fact, I could go all work day. and I got in a good habit of, all right, I just don't have food at work. I just actually don't need mm-hmm. food at work. I don't need the snack. When I'm driving home, I can just, you know, listen to something. And by the time I get in the door, okay, now the window opens. So I was sort of getting into that OMAD and did that. I would say the majority of this last year has been OMAD, but I will tell everyone it was slow. It was Mm -hmm. not the pace that keto gave me. So if people have done keto or they were, you know, at a high weight like I was, and they just, you know, loved that high of every time you're on the scale, it's down, it's down, it's down. You got to lose that expectation. And and. Your words told me put the scale away, and I and I really did. Because so, what I, do you know? What weight did you start at
0: in yeah. in twenty twenty two? Because I know you had gone from two thirty five to one fifty seven on mm-hmm. keto, but you had then regained some. Regained. So where did you begin when you started intermittent fasting?
1: I started at one ninety four. Okay, yeah. So I had really gained very quickly. Yeah, and I'm sitting right now today at one seventy. Okay, so it's not huge. It is, but it's it's enough that I know it's working, and I know it's slow, it's steady, and it's minuscule, but it's going in the right direction. Yeah. And it's the way I feel. I mean, I, I repeat that measure yourself, look at how your clothes feel that difference between 194 and 170 was a couple clothing sizes. And it was, you know, my waist that like you say, I had abdominal fat from PCOS, mm-hmm. it's feeling like it's redistributed. It's, it's in the right places. Now, I'm not done, I'm going to keep Going with the idea to get a little bit closer to that 157 that was probably in and around my goal weight. Hard to tell. It's really how you feel. But that said, I am throwing in ADFs now. I am throwing in mealless Mondays. I kind of I try to do a mealless Monday each week. But <laughs> it's funny. I I don't pre-plan necessarily. I sort of say, all right, if I can do one ADF in a week, then I'm happy. Yeah. And sometimes it's not Monday. Because if something comes up where either I'm just not feeling it, sometimes I can get, you know, I, I'll I'll be at, at work, not eating, no problem. But if it's drive home time, and I'm just like, no, I'm going to need yeah. something today, then I'll eat. But then I'll say up, oh, but sometime this week, I need to do my my alternately mm-hmm. fast. So and I and that usually tends to push me to the next day. So and I find with this, I am going down very slowly still. And and it's working. So that's good. Yeah, yeah. I think so one thing. Did you
0: reintroduce carbs? How did how did when you? Yes. Okay, that's what I wanted to one. Absolutely.
1: See. So this is this is important. In that, did I reintroduce them to the level they were at before? Absolutely not. However, did I worry less about those root vegetables right. and the beans and the healthy carbs that I felt a bit weird cutting them out completely uh-huh. because you know, I know there's benefits to fiber. I know there's benefits to to those healthy vegetables. So that was one of the things in September when I'm looking at how am am I going to do this? A, I don't want to track because tracking is just not sustainable. I don't want to think too much about, I I shouldn't say that. I'm thinking a lot about what I eat, but I don't want to have to say no to everything. I get what you mean. Yeah. So there's a lot of things you've talked about. The beans. I bought the beans from, uh, Oh, what's it called? Rancho Gordo. Yes, yeah, Rancho Gordo. Have them shipped all the way to Canada. Yay!
0: I just pulled mine back out with all the moving. And you know what messed me up? I know everybody loves an instant pot.
1: I do not. <laughs> you use an instant pot? So I have one, but I make my beans
0: on the stovetop. Well, like you know... I I burned things in my instant (laughs) pot. I don't know. How do people mess up an instant pot? I do. I had two. I had a big one. I had a smaller one. I kept burning things in it. And so then I was like, well, I can't make beans if I can't use the instant pot. So I put my dried beans away. Well, now I can. I made a pot this week of the Mm -hmm. Christmas Slimas. So I'm like, all right, I'm gonna revisit Rancho Gordo because they were so. I was watching. I'm now, now watch YouTube and there was a video. Someone did a blind taste testing of different kind of beans, whether they <laughs> were canned or dried or dried Rancho Gordo. She was not sponsored by Rancho Gordo. I am not either. But the Rancho Gordo won the blind taste test every time.
1: Absolutely, so. you changed my world when it comes to beans. Because I'm used so to glad just take them out of the can.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm now going to revisit the dried beans and also the rancho gordo beans and they were realized those it, it took a long time on the stove but they didn't burn they didn't nope. do all that weird stuff and they were perfect when they were done Well,
1: so. no, and that's the joy of stovetop is if you need more liquid you yeah. add more liquid you can see it it's happening in front of you and yeah it's a little bit you know you've got to babysit it but it's worth it well so, i'll never
0: be sponsored by instant pot
1: because no <laughs> can't, do it. can't do it anyway no. <laughs> So I, so long story short, yes, I I did reintroduce some carbs and and the healthy, I did a little experiment with potatoes because Mm -hmm. I, I really kind of missed potatoes and, and I actually was able to get a a CGM for just a month or two just to watch some of, you know, the spikes because I was, if I don't need to eliminate something, I'd really rather not and the healthier vegetables. So now I did unfortunately find out that potatoes did spike. So that means, okay, it's going to be on the back burner. If I'm not going to say I can't eat them but it's not going to be part of my daily right. diet. You know, certainly a lot of the things were confirmed for me, like bread is just not my friend and mm-hmm. that's okay. But some of the root vegetables are okay. And yeah. and certainly beans passed my test. So I was happy yeah. about that. Yeah.
0: That's really good data. And it's these things that is, I really think it's like the speed that your body digests them and how fast they hit your bloodstream, right? Yeah. And things like the beans, that fiber
1: really slows things down absolutely and it helped with the satiety because i have to admit yeah if i was doing adf or i was you know ready to have a really healthy meal and i started it with salad i feel like i could eat salad forever and i would never be full Did I? if i put you know some chickpeas or i put some beans on top funny that just sort of makes it mm-hmm. more of a meal and it fills me up a little better and so i feel really good about a big salad that's got some protein in it and it's got some fiber in it so that It just taught me to okay, yeah, maybe lettuce alone is not gonna do it. But if you build the meal around it, it's still really healthy. So
0: That's me with salads. People who eat I guess it really does depend what you put on it. But I don't love salads, but beans fill me up like yesterday i'm now hiding these beans from chad because these are my beans i like made them for like 10 hours and <laughs> now they're mine and so they weren't ready in time for dinner because it took extra time so i hope he forgets that i made them because i'm just like i opened my window yesterday with those beans <laughs>
1: <laughs> nobody fights me for the beans in my house i had they a they giant bowl of go,
0: well i was like beans giant bowl of beans is how i opened my window and it was oh, so awesome. good yeah.
1: Yeah, so now my diet is is just certainly very health conscious. I certainly don't eat sugar. I don't I don't seek it out. I, you know, try to avoid it, but I also know that those keto sweeteners are yeah. equally bad. So they're all in one category for me and and do I splurge once in a while? Yes, and I feel like intermittent fasting gives me that permission. I feel like rather than saying this is what I eat and this is what I don't eat, I focus more on this is when I eat. And when I'm eating, I give myself a little more freedom. Because I know that the next day, we're going to reset and fast again. And I feel, you know, 100% better doing it that way. And I think it's sustainable for me. I think it's it's gonna this is my life now. and, And I found it. And that's like, that's the message. And when I look at my PCOS symptoms, I feel like, I don't know. I haven't had an ultrasound recently. I don't know what my ovaries look like. But on the other hand, I really feel like just about everything that PCOS had a hold of me is gone.
2: Wow. Because
1: I I don't have the symptoms anymore, and you know I'm past trying to get pregnant or anything like that. But on the other hand, all of the things that I attributed to the insulin resistance and and to the way you felt and the way you know your motivation level and all sorts of the crazy things, the skin issues, they're gone. And if this is what it took, wow, why didn't I know this when I was 18? Like, oh, I know.
0: Well, because nobody, re- I don't know if anybody really understood it. They like didn't. I said, and you're mm-hmm. a nurse, so you would, you would know. So tell what those symptoms are. Cause people might okay. be listening right now and maybe, you know, like for example, my, my family member that she, she's got all the classic symptoms that mm-hmm. that you, you recognize and you know, and they want to start a family. So she needs to get this under control now. And for someone who's listening, maybe yeah. they have a, a daughter or mm-hmm. they themselves could be going through it or a niece or something. What What are we looking for? What are those yeah. symptoms?
1: So certainly for me, obviously it was the weight gain. It was the mm-hmm. belly fat that came on really fast. Other symptoms are all around your cycle. So it's the unpredictable cycle. It, it Sometimes it can go 60 days. Sometimes it could be 12 days it would come on fast and furious like you could literally you know they would talk about the normal period would start with a little bit of spotting and it would get heavier on the next day and then it would last for five days no for me it was just like you could stand up and soak yourself and not so be prepared interesting. for that.
0: I wonder if I had that going on then when I was at my heaviest because I was having some re- – I was also wondering if it was perimenopausal. This is pre-intermittent fasting. Mm-hmm. I also had fibroids, which I think can be related to high levels of insulin. But I don't think anyone ever did an ultrasound of, and looked at my ovaries. You never but know. I had, to, I had those heavy, heavy periods yep. that were just like crazy.
1: Yeah. So So the unpredictability, mm-hmm. you know, I went on birth control because I couldn't – I never knew when it was coming. You never knew what, you know, what kind of cycle. So at least with birth control, it would regulate it. And that was what they recommended at the time. That was the treatment for PCOS. Go on birth control. Wow. Because that is going to fix you. Okay. Well, it, it was convenient at the time, but really, no, that's not a treatment. That no. So other symptoms I know that some women suffer from is, you know, the hair. So facial hair, really heavy hair in their legs. I'm lucky I didn't have that at that time. Later on, I, I started to get a little bit, but it could have been more hormonal. It's hard to say, you know, whether that was a symptom of PCOS or just normal. And then I, I really do think it's the whole insulin resistance phenomenon and everything that goes mm-hmm. along with that. So that that constant hunger, that feeling that you just can't eat enough. I think there is a craving for carbohydrates. There's, there's a definite, yeah, there's like fresh bread baking anywhere, walking by a subway where you smell it. It's just like, wow. Like I need that. I need it now. And yep. I need a hundred of them. Uh-huh. And I do think that that exercise piece where, you know, all your friends are going to the gym because it feels good and you can just pump out the iron. You feel great. No, never, never felt that. And I think that was, that was also very PCOS.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you for running through those symptoms. Yeah. Cause I bet people are like, oh, wow. Cause again, mm-hmm. it made me even think, I wonder if I had, I, I'll, I'll never know. But some of those things that I was going through before intermittent fasting, and you've heard my story. I did that whole summer of keto, yeah, in yeah. Um, 2014, and didn't lose any weight, <laughs> right? And didn't feel good. But I, I, think it probably brought my insulin down. Yeah, yeah. And then when I was when I went to intermittent fasting and reintroduced the carbs, I'd given myself maybe that jump start of, yeah. you know, I'd already become fat adapted. I was getting into ketosis, yeah. but I wasn't losing weight. But then. I was finally able to do that with the intermittent fasting. I needed that piece right, of it. Right. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Well, I'm glad you've been able to introduce more foods. And yeah. How about your family? I know you mentioned you have three kids. How do you How do you feed your family plus yourself at, at home?
1: It's tough. They're They're older now. My oldest is 23, and then I've got a 21 year old. She's in nursing school right now, Aww. so she's away at. Aww. And then my youngest is 17. So you know, it's, we're sort of approaching empty nest, like, you know, they're doing their own thing. I think they're incredibly proud of me. And they've seen me go through this. I think they all are at healthy weights. And Mm -hmm. I think they know, genetically, that they're going to watch out for some of the things that that I experienced. You know, there are times when when they think I'm crazy, or, you know, what's mom doing now? And you know, why is she not eating? And why we can never I'm not really transparent about my Life. fasting pattern. I don't always declare it. And like I said, sometimes I do a meal this Monday, sometimes I don't. I don't like to declare it to them because then I feel like there's going to be an expectation. But sometimes I just come home and say, yeah, mom's not eating tonight. You're on your own. And they're fine. Like they're, they know not to be critical because they get that everything that I try or that I experiment with is, is well researched and mm-hmm. well founded. And they're not going to say, I think you're, you're not doing this right. But, they, I will say, I have noticed, I haven't really talked a lot about it, but I've noticed that there's a, an understanding that sugar is something we need to watch out for and snacking isn't really the greatest thing. And I, I tend to, like when I go grocery shopping, I don't buy a whole lot of snacks right. and, you know, I'm not trying to influence them that way. And I'm never going to say to them, don't do something but I want them to have the tools, right? Mm-hmm. I want them to know that as they get older, if they do run into challenges with their weight, that there's a whole toolbox there for you if you need it. And mom's going to support you on that. But, you know, I also don't, I'm never going to shame them for, for where right. they are in their weight. And like I said, all of them are looking great right now. So
0: yeah, I love that. They know that you're a healthcare professional. You understand mm-hmm. how the body works. They know that you are nourishing yourself well. You're not yeah. afraid of food. And you're just choosing the foods that work best for you. And they, they know that you're doing it from a place of medical understanding. I think that makes yeah. a lot of difference.
1: Yeah. One, one challenge I do have, I have to say, is weekends where we're socializing with other families and other groups. You know, you're going to the cottage with somebody or you're going camping. And... I do struggle with everybody wakes up in the morning and has a big breakfast and, mm-hmm. and I'm not good at just, Oh, I'm not going to eat yet. And, you know, so I have, I, I will say if there's one thing I, I would like to work on is the ability to say it out loud that, you know what, I, I do intermittent fasting and I I'm really not wanting this right now, but the way I tend to it is just by changing my window. And so yeah, okay. I may have a breakfast, but then I'll close my window at lunchtime so that my window itself still stays, you know, fairly small.
0: You just shift uh, that window down.
1: Yeah. Just, just cause it's easier and, you know, or even an early dinner. So it, it tends to still condense mm-hmm. the day. And then if I'm drinking anything then I try to stick to soda and, you know, if I'm going to have a little bit of gin or vodka or something like that. That's another thing I'm, I'm going to work on this fall is that I think if I'm going to hit my goal weight, I really do need to delay alcohol because it. I can tell when I'm not losing, I may be maintaining and I may mm-hmm. be coasting along at a weight that I'm at. But if I'm drinking on the weekend, it's just not budging. Yeah. And I'm also noticing how hard it is Monday morning when I've had a weekend of, you know, either alcohol or a longer window, that ability to do a meal is... Th- those are the Mondays that I can't get through. I can still intermittent fast.
0: Well, you know, it's true. When I had a, a breath ketone analyzer that that a company sent me for free, back, it was probably right around 2020. And of course, everybody was drinking more. I was <laughs> drinking more during 2020. I like the world. But yep. I was just testing my ketones just for fun. Now, I do not recommend that anybody... You don't need a, a ketone measuring device. And the, the one that, that I used ended up not being really accurate because my friend Sherry had one and I had Mm -hmm. one and Mm -hmm. ours gave vastly different readings. Like I would blow on mine and then blow on hers and they were like multiple of like three to seven or something different. But what I learned is when I was drinking, even if I just had a glass or two of wine, the next day I did not register breath ketones for Mm. so many more hours later in the day. Like the drinking alcohol kept me from blowing breath ketones for hours. Right. And I was like, well, that's really interesting. And no wonder it makes the fast harder. Your body has to process the alcohol first. So anyway, that just really, that really was eye-opening for me. It's like, huh, no wonder the fast's harder after Mm -hmm. drinking. Of course, now I don't drink anymore at all. I've completely stopped drinking and I finally, it only took four years (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> for it to stick but it did stick and and I'm not you know shaming anybody for drinking because no. it, like I said it, it took me four years to go from huh alcohol isn't working well for me to saying it, I really don't need it anymore or want it
2: yeah we really need new phones T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s and each line is only $25 a month new iPhone 15s over here. only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for 25 bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Just visit audible.com/wonderypod or text wonderypod to five hundred five hundred. That's audible.com/wonderypod or text wonderypod to five hundred five hundred.
1: It's a process. It is, and for me, it's it's just very social. It's like you know, it's so social. That's the hard it, part. Try and explain to your friends, I'm just not wanting to, and and then, uh, yeah, it's it's. I don't think it's gonna be hard. I think I just need to be stubborn with myself. And, and recognize that, you know, I'm on a journey and one thing at mm-hmm. a time. And I think if I'd have tried to do yeah. everything all at once, I couldn't. But if I each year, if I introduce one more thing, I think I'll, I'll reach where I want to be. But one step at a time.
0: That's exactly right. Don't try to do everything all at once. Yeah. Like, I'm going to start intermittent fasting and quit smoking and quit mm-hmm. drinking and no more sugar and I'm doing it all. And no, yeah. no, <laughs> yeah. you got the rest of your life to figure this out. You know, 100%. do what you can figure out what feels right to you now. And then eventually that thing that you've been struggling with, you may be ready to release it naturally. And then it won't feel hard forcing myself to not drink was a lot harder than when I didn't want to anymore.
1: Yeah. I have to give credit to one of your guests who got me onto kombucha. I'm making my own kombucha. Oh, yeah, yeah. I love it. And I think that's always, that's now become my, if I'm going to take a bottle of something to a friend's house, I'm like, oh, this is what I'm going to drink. You guys drink what you like. What a great strategy. It's
0: working. Because then you feel like you're socializing. You yep. put it in a pretty glass. Last night exactly. I drank um, Heineken 0.0 on my porch. Yep. It felt like celebratory, but it has no
1: alcohol in it. Yeah. For the longest time, I think my friends thought it did have alcohol in it because they, you know, uh, I brought it don't even day, know. And I'm drinking yeah. at the same pace they're drinking. And then someone's like, what is that anyway? I'm like, oh, it's just, uh, you know, it's just stuff i drink <laughs> but, i drink uh, heineken
0: 0.0 at trivia every thursday yeah. with my friends group and they i don't even know if they realize some of them might that i'm but it looks like i'm drinking a beer yeah i'm not but no
1: yeah <laughs> not me too it looks like a, a fancy cooler or something uh-huh. whatever but I, yeah. I do love it i make a batch every every week and yeah I like
0: how do you off. flavor yours like what are your favorite
1: so I started making it just with black tea, because that that's my thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't mind the taste of it when it's just black tea. And I did try a couple of different teas. So just like the sugar-free, caffeine-free, but it's just like a tea that's got, I think there's a wild berry flavor that, that uh, I've been using, which gives it just a bit of fruity, mm-hmm. but no sugar. So it's great. But yeah, I haven't really gone too far out of the box when it comes to something different i want to try ginger though because i I am a fan of ginger so i want to give that one a shot soon
0: oh that sounds really good and by the way everybody know this is not part of a clean fast. this is for your eating window (laughs) because
2: sometimes people are like kombucha
0: is that for fasting no (laughs) no fasting is super boring yep fasting is my black tea regular tea not kombucha tea yeah (laughs) no
1: Just black tea, that's my thing, and and lots of water. And I will say sometimes on a mealless w- Monday, I will throw in some electrolytes because I can mm-hmm. feel that. I've got a lot of toe cramps, and toe cramps okay. just kill me. So I, mm-hmm. I, I will sometimes put some electrolytes in my water.
0: Yeah, if you've got any kind of cramping while fasting, that's definitely something to think about. Because people, you know, we've been conditioned to, like, drink water nonstop, and, like, the more the merrier is kind of the mindset. But if you're fasting and you drink a whole lot of water, your body really doesn't need that much water, but it will no. dilute your electrolytes and then cause the cramping. And really overconsumption of water can be dangerous, and yeah. especially when you're fasting. So we, we have to balance it out. So mm-hmm. a good, clean, fast, safe electrolyte is what you're going to want to look for. No flavors, just, yeah. those, those, just those minerals. Yeah,
1: for
0: sure especially if you're cramping. That's just something to keep in mind because you should not be feeling like
1: that. <laughs> no, no, no. You see me hop around in my office because my toes are crossed. I'm like, okay, I need something. Is it like when your
0: feet like claw up? Oh, yeah. I've had that happen. I took a flight and then I was at at a resort this last October. And so I wasn't drinking a lot on the plane and I hadn't been eating. And then I opened my window with a meal and I had a margarita. And (laughs) Mm. then I went and got a massage. While I was on the massage table, I had that weird crampy feet thing because I was dehydrated. And I'm like, I got to have some water. So I chugged a bottle of water and that that solved it because when yeah. you're in the fed state your body pulls in water from your tissues mm-hmm. so my feet were like dehydrated from I hadn't had enough fluid and they ate all this food and then I had a margarita obviously yeah. before I quit drinking but chugging that bottle of water stopped the claw feet.
1: yeah oh, I <laughs> do no fun I do yoga once a week and I was in a like downward dog on my toes and my toe just like It just crossed. And I was like, so I'm hopping around in the yoga class. Everyone else is all relaxed and zen. And I'm like, my toes (laughs) cramped. But now I know.
0: Yeah. So if it happens during the fast, you might have had too much water, and you need some yeah. electrolytes. If it happens during your eating window, you may need more water because our bodies need the extra water to digest your food. So
1: right.
0: <laughs> cramping yeah. one hundred and one. So
1: exactly. <laughs> tell
0: us some of your other non-scale victories. You mentioned all the PCOS victories, but what else? Yeah.
1: So in general, I just uh, all I can say is energy level and the fact that you know I get home from work I don't need to curl up on the couch I'm ready to walk the dog and I would like to you know go do something and that was so different for me like it just it was life-changing it's it's you know, on my weekends, I don't think about how I can relax. I think about let's go hiking and what hiking yeah. can we do today. So that that is just the biggest one. But some of the more common ones, skin. My skin completely changed. I had you know rough spots and skin tags and all those things. They just went away, and you don't even you can't even put your finger on when. You're just like, oh, I used to have this crusty thing on my on my elbow from leaning on you know the table. It's gone. Wow. You know, I used to get acne. I used to get you know all sorts of things, and my skin is just great now. And my hair it, it was always thin and greasy which is another PCOS thing it's gotten thicker and and it's you know i don't i don't have to wash it twice a day anymore like it's so just sort of normalizing my teeth are awesome i used to have dental problems all the time it was just every it just seemed like every time i went to the dentist i needed a filling now it's like they're right? saying oh yeah your your teeth are real and i i don't know whether that's the decrease in sugar or whether that's mm-hmm. just the way it is but it's a great non-scale victory
0: <laughs> that's awesome yeah. so many great victories you know mm-hmm. losing the weight is is fabulous because we know we're getting healthier especially you know, like your waist size going down that's mm-hmm. a huge indication of, of better health but really all the non-scale victories in the way that we feel so much better in general
1: yeah yeah shopping
0: oh shopping yeah
1: oh my god i mean i, I shopped at pennington's is what we have in canada but like the big girl store my whole like from the time i was 19 so Mm -hmm. going to a regular store ordering clothing off the internet and knowing it's going to fit is just huge huge any any fat girl will understand this but you go years and years and you just think it's just not anything you'll ever experience and the day you order that medium t-shirt and it fits is amazing it's it really is yeah and then also that feeling of not wearing the sloppy clothes. Like Mm -hmm. I look back on pictures when I was having my kids, I was not a person who embraced my big size. I just wore things to cover it up and Mm -hmm. every bathing suit, every beach clothing, I would just wear the men's triple X because I just wanted something drapey. And even when I started to lose the weight, that was hard to shake. That was really, Oh my goodness. I could wear a fitted t-shirt that actually shows that I have curves and that feels good now i can wear leggings and not think of myself as the woman who shouldn't be wearing leggings like mm-hmm. i'm okay wearing leggings and it, it it took probably a couple of years to actually become comfortable to order a bathing suit that i was willing to wear on a beach without something over it so i'll say that's a psychological thing
0: that's really really true Wearing the clothes and, and you, you learn, you have a whole different style. Like I look back, yeah. obese Jen had a certain style of like mm-hmm. stretchy dresses, empire waist and things that disguised yeah. everything. And I yeah. did not own any shorts, no shorts. No one was no. going to see these legs and, yeah, and, and then being able to be like, oh, I can wear anything I want to wear. Yeah. It definitely is freeing. Now you mentioned, you know, you've never been an endurance exerciser, but, but now you have more energy, and you would like enjoy
1: hiking. I do, I do. So my husband has loved hiking a long time, and he up in Canada we have what's called the Bruce Trail, which is this 800 kilometer stretch of trails that they're so beautiful. And for the longest time, he would hike with my kids, and they would go off and hike, and I was usually the pick up and drop off girl because I just you know I, I just didn't love it. And over the course of of starting out and then getting to now, na- now I want to hike. And I started hiking with him and, and it's just opened this whole new world of what we do on our weekends. And, you know, we work a hike in there. And then we actually, this summer went to Lake Superior and we did the Lake Superior trail, which is a 65 kilometer stretch of trail. Wow! We actually slept in tents on the ground and carried everything in our backpacks. So I had a 45 pound pack on my back and it was over a six day period of time. If you had asked me five years ago, if that would ever have been something a I would even be able to do or B I would enjoy I would have told you you were nuts wow I I was so excited to do it I was so excited to be there it was the hardest physical thing I've ever done in my whole life and I will say we we cut it a bit short and you know we made some adjustments to it because it was actually so physically exhausting but we did it and you know to, to look back on that now and think that I you know was hiking on rocks and and doing something that physically exhausting. And I loved it. That's amazing. And I just
0: did some quick math and you're down 65 pounds from your all-time heaviest of 235 that you mentioned. And so you're carrying this 45 pound pack, which is like less
2: than you
1: weighed before. And before you are carrying that pack all the time, plus 20. I said that to the people I was hiking with, I was like, you guys, you know, you may be struggling, but this is like not (laughs) even as much as I was carrying two years ago. So And, and, you know, not to say that it was easy by any stretch, but you're exactly right. I did that math and I was just like, 45 pounds is nothing.
0: (laughs) I know. Yeah. I think back and I'm like, no wonder we were so tired all the time because we were carrying around literally a pack plus.
1: Yeah. And then sleeping on the ground was actually funny because I was very cautious about getting a mattress that would support me well, thinking that, oh my God, I've never, ever been able to sleep on the ground. Even get up from the ground was difficult. But I'd lay down and the only thing I had to worry about was my hip bone, you know, hitting. And I'm like, Uh I've never felt my hip bone before. (laughs) This is crazy.
0: I like a really firm mattress. So I might be better on the actual ground
1: versus (laughs) something that's too squishy. Yeah. And I will also say for anybody that hikes that does intermittent fasting, it's your best friend because everybody else is carrying their food right. and they're worried about their snacks and their breakfast and all of this stuff. Me, I was like, my food fit in this like tiny little Ziploc. It was all, it was dehydrated. And there's a company that does, you know, low carb. I only had two per day and they sustained me and I did great. Awesome. And it was like half or probably a third of the weight of what everybody else was carrying for their food. So
0: that's so funny. I love it. Yeah. I'm still not going to go hiking and camp on the ground though. <laughs> okay. No. Fair. Fair I'm glad it was fun.
1: Yeah, it was awesome.
0: <laughs> My idea of roughing it is, yeah, very. I, I can't do it. Anyway, I, I never say never they right, Kathy?
1: Nope. Don't ever. Because if I had thought about that, like I said a few years you ago, I would have I'm said like, never to that. Yeah. Um, that does sound like a whole lot of fun.
0: I do like being outside. So yeah. we are almost out of time. What would you tell someone just starting out with intermittent fasting or what do you wish you knew when you first started?
1: Uh, I feel like that's the theme of this whole recording is that if I had known when I was, first of all, 14, and then 18, Mm -hmm. rapid weight gain is not normal. And, you know, now we know so much more. So go see your healthcare provider. Don't stop, you know, if they tell you something that does not make sense to you, or isn't enough to guide you, ask again. And I mean, there are so many functional medicine providers out there, there are good doctors who specialize in PCOS. So please find them. Like if they just say eat less and move more, then no. that is not your answer. No, yeah. no. And if it's not getting better, you're not, you know, on the right path and ask more questions. And if, like I said, if this is your daughter and you're watching them, telling them, mm-hmm. oh, wow, you have gained a lot of weight, not helpful. Right. <laughs> you know, you want to help them to find the tools that they need and, and there are tools. And this is, this to me was, was the answer. So that one-two punch, you said it, of, of lowering your carbohydrates and intermittent fasting together is, is life-changing for anyone with PCOS or even just insulin resistance symptoms. Mm-hmm. You don't need to have a diagnosis. You don't need to have all the symptoms. And that's the thing about a syndrome is that you don't have all of them. You might have one or two. So if you got one or two symptoms of insulin resistance, try this. What's the yeah. worst thing that can happen?
0: You got to get your insulin down somehow. Yeah. yeah. And fasting is number one, the best way to clean fast because your body doesn't need the insulin. It doesn't need to keep pumping it out because you're fasting clean. Absolutely. That makes such a difference. Well, Kathy, thank you so much for sharing your story with us today. I'm so
1: glad. It was so great talking to you.
0: Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast.
2: How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage.